0: Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation and risk tolerance. Good Monday morning. If there's one thing that we love, probably as much as food, it's property here in Singapore. So how has COVID-19 impacted property markets and what's the outlook? We take the temperature of the property market right now with Ismail Ghaffour. He's CEO and executive chairman of Propnex. Ismail, good morning.
1: Morning, morning, Martin. Yes,
0: Michelle. uh, Oh, oh, it's great to speak with you. Listen, what is the state of the property market? People think, um, you know, the fallout of COVID-19 has affected so many businesses. Every day we're talking about businesses that are wrapping up. What about the property market? What's the state of play?
1: I think it is indeed affected across. It would be not being really upfront to say that. Well, market is doing exceptionally well, it is not the case. It has taken some uh, heat, especially during the circuit breaker itself, as we witnessed the new launches volume drop uh, to more than 50%. Michelle, actually, we realized in the May, April, we only had 277 units were sold, while in the May it was quite interesting that it hmm. rebounded to 486 units, a 75 percent increase. One of the interesting things that we noticed: was people were getting comfortable to buy units virtually, hmm. buying properties that are one and 1.5 to two million dollars. But what is all looking good here is in the month of June. It seems a little bit of a vengeance, a little bit more stronger. Volumes are really going more than what we witnessed on the average of the first quarter. So, new launch site is rebounding nicely, Mm -hmm. but I must say the market is relatively weak on the resale front. The volume has really dipped hugely as far as public housing is concerned and Mm -hmm. as well as private resale, but mainly this was really restricted because of not being able to view the flats in the last two months.
0: Yeah, which some would say is extremely important when you're buying a resale flat. You want to check it out yourself. Uh, So to the question, Ismail, for listeners out there wondering, is this the time to buy? Listeners always want to time the market. What do you say to them?
1: I think I want to be also fair and given a very balanced approach. I would say not a good time, Mm. but qualify if. If for someone who is unsure about the job or income security or someone who don't have the buffer funds to type through the unemployment right. or uncertainty, then I think it is not a good time. Mm. Uh, in all honesty. So please don't go and stretch yourself if mm. you're not in, the particular, in this group. But on the other hand, I must say it also provides a huge opportunity for those people who have the means who have gotten a stable job. And even if their sector it is not hugely affected by COVID, because a couple of reasons are, number one, the developers are really pricing it sensitively. Mm. Uh, effectively, I must say, they are star buys, they are a little bit of a discount. And number two, the low interest rates environment is a huge advantage to any buyers, upgraders, uh, investors. Today we are looking at interest rate at about 1.5% thereabouts. Some are lower, some are higher. And these low interest rate environments are expected to last for uh, many quarters, a couple more years, simply because the economy takes some time to recover. So the point here is is if someone who wants to upgrade, if you want to wait all great certainty, the economy is good, the world trade is all in place, then obviously the interest rates are likely to be higher. Yeah. Makes a lot and, of sense. Yep, go ahead. Yeah, and the last thing here is this. I must say, buyers are today really spoiled for choices. Really spoiled. And it's a buyers' market, so they have the bargaining chip when they enter uh, the show flat or if they are even negotiating a resale property. So things are towards their advantage. Therefore, it's good to buy if you can. It's not so good a time if you're in the borderline. That's the way I look at it.
0: Wise words. So how much are you, do you think people have to have in hand to stretch out over? I mean, are you looking at recovery next year, 2021, early next year? Or, or are you look, advising at least two years worth of money in the bank, so to speak, to stretch out your mortgage payments?
1: A well, uh, good thing here is a uh, 12 months is in a very good uh, period that you should have reserve a year. Uh, because the fact that even if you get retrenched, the question here is, is will you find a job in the next three months, four months, five months, six months down the road? Uh, and even for those people who are investing uh, buying a property for a rental yield, mm. if you have got a good 12 months uh, of the installment payment as in a safety net, I think that is a very strong reserve, I must say. Because at the end of the day, we believe any property can be rented. It's just a matter of your rental amount that you're asking because if the neighbors are asking four thousand mm-hmm. dollars and if you choose to rent at three thousand five your property is the first to be rented out when there's a demand so that being the case therefore what you lose is not the entire four thousand opportunity but you lost in a five hundred dollar which is on a market of instead of four thousand you get three thousand five therefore your reserve of a year's reserve is is reasonably good 12
0: months. <laughs> Got it. Ismail Ghafor is CEO and Executive Chairman of Propnext, joining us live in Money & Me. Now, you mentioned investors, so there are different types of buyers. So for people looking to buy to live or for investors, what should they be thinking about screening when they're buying during these times?
1: I think. Uh, really, really some of the important things that what they should really look out for when buying here is this. Um, We always say any property that you buy, even if you buy for your home stay, uh, you're not buying to rent it out. We must always Always keep in mind there must be an exit plan. And we are talking about buying and investing properties with minimum five years and beyond holding power. We do not want anybody to come and enter the real estate market speculative, stretching beyond their means or to the extreme. Because, you know, property people do make huge amount of money as long as the owners decide when to sell and not the bankers force us to sell. We never want to be in a situation where we are in trouble and we are forced to sell. So that being the case, a couple of things that really to look out for mm-hmm. is the master plan. Wherever we buy, mm-hmm. what is the future landscape and in terms of the master plan, rejuvenation that is going to take place. That becomes always a huge push to a value of the property. Second thing is also, especially if you are buying a resale property, is it a freehold or a ninety nine? And if it is a 99, what is the balance lease that you have when you purchase? Because we are talking about you holding the 5 to 10 years. And when you exceed, let's say, in 5 to 10 years, what is the balance lease the next investor can have so that he's able to pay you a decent price? And obviously, the last thing will be location, location, location. (laughs) Uh, We always say that, and that is equally important. And if you look at some of these things, I think it is good enough to make a wise decision. MLL, master plan,
0: location and lease. Got it. Can you elaborate on the latest data that you are seeing surrounding the different market segments? New launches, private resale, HDB. What are the charts you're looking at?
1: I think one of the interesting things that we notice here is this in terms of the percentage of properties that have been recently transacted, especially in the absence of foreigners coming in in April and May, circuit breaker. Even right now, the foreigners' travel are hugely restricted. And therefore, what we realise, the Singaporeans are taking in a greater interest. And one of the key things is also, Michelle, here is the price gap of between the core central region and the RCR, the rest of the core. When I say the core central regions, I'm talking about the district 9, 10, 11, and the rest of the core central region is just the outskirts of the Kalang Wampo, Novina, and the areas. And the price has actually come to closer the gap. In fact, today the price gap is only about 30%. I'll give you an example. You know, this year there were two new launches that were launched in the core central region, the Amp. Uh, and by wing tie it sold more than seventy percent in the launch weekend, and the another project is copper now, what am I trying to highlight here is this, the price point? These projects are priced per square foot about two thousand three hundred dollars, which are very attractive and Singaporeans are coming in to enter the market. That is something that we are starting to see. The second thing that we noticed in the month of may ninety 5% of all buyers who bought the property, the price quantum was below $2 million. So mm-hmm. it is really an attraction where HDB Upgraders today are coming out to pick up new launches in the rest of core central and as well as the outside core central region.
0: Interesting to hear about the different regions. Let's. Uh, I want to dial it back to what you mentioned in the in the first answer, and that is, people are still buying. Virtual showings seem to be working. Um, do you think that this is a sign of the new normal for real estate agents and for buyers?
1: I think the new normal has uh, come as an. Uh Uh, really a new play, not only in the real estate, across the board, uh, the whole, every industry. And uh, real estate is no exception. And what is really uh, surprising was, when we look at the volume of transactions, just to give a glimpse, uh, Michelle, in the first four weeks of the circuit breaker, uh, we only sold the first week about 16 units virtually. And then the second week was also 16 units. Third week was 21 units. But then when I look at it, week number 6, 7, and 8, I'm still talking about during the circuit breaker period, before the phase 2 uh, on the 19th of uh, June. The numbers went up to 96, 91, wow. and 112 units. That's always a tenfold rise. Amazing. And, and these are people who are ready to commit, almost 90% of them, Virtually, That means they have not stepped into the show flat. They have not seen other than trying to understand the product and pricing. Actually, I realize there's one advantage, Michelle. To so virtual Actually, showings? When you look at the property virtually, mm-hmm. you are cut out of the emotion, the smell, the senses, the beauty <sighs> of the show flat. You know, most of the time when you enter the show flat, you fall in love. But you know, when you buy, you don't really get it as for the designer decor. You have to spend money to do your own designer decor.
0: Mm, You're right, because with all that taken away, then you're forced to focus on the fundamentals per square footage, layout perhaps, things like that. Is that what buyers are telling you as well?
1: Exactly, you're right. You hit it. Really, that is the point. Because you see, when you go to the show flat, and especially even the launch, when you see a crowd and people are rushing, you always have that you do not want to lose out mind and therefore you try to grab what is available and then you get hyped and you get emotional but on when we were doing that exactly as what you said people were looking at the per square foot and the value proposition and what is the opportunity in the future can they afford and they, they're not stressed to make a decision they say okay let's zoom tomorrow and they sleep over it they talk to the bankers and they come back and they're so clear when they enter into the market and make a decision. And I realized, actually, the virtual viewing is not, after all, in a bad thing. That's
0: amazing. Maybe virtual showings mean less buyer remorse. Let's hope so. Uh, what, what are you expecting in terms of the future of showings? I mean, are, are virtual showings just going to get more and more detailed?
1: Yes, I think so. Uh, I think one of the things that was a bit lacking was in the resale market. That's why right, the resale numbers... <clears throat> was very much lower in terms of the new launches because we can understand for the new launches, people are assured developers are reputable and they have to deliver. And there's also such a thing as when you collect the keys for the new launches, uh, the developer has to provide one year of defect liability. Mm -hmm. Therefore, buyers are buying it with a complete assurance that not to worry so much. But this is not exactly happening in the resale market. Resale market is buy, as it is, and buyers be aware, uh, KDF, which means to say you cannot go back after putting the money and exercising and say, oh, I didn't know below your carpet there was a crack. I didn't see on the virtual tour that you showed the flag. Uh, unless you intend to do, a complete renovation. Therefore, you're not so concerned. That's why in the month of April and May, we saw the reverse. For example, New launches in April was 277, May went to 486. It showed up by 75%. But on the other hand, the resale, April was 372, May dropped to 174, dropped by 50%. Complete reverse story. People were still not ready. But I think... However, moving forward, what people are likely to do, Michelle, even for resale flat. Mm -hmm. You see, in the past, when people want to buy a resale flat, they used to go and see 10 houses, 20 houses, or 30 houses in two, three weekends. Mm -hmm. Now people will say, let me zoom and let me see virtually, let me narrow down the three units. Mm -hmm. So I cut off all the emotion and I will just look at the three units before I make a decision.
0: That makes a lot of sense. Now, I want to get your thoughts on the office property outlook. There is a sense that the CBD is going to change irrevocably after COVID-19 because it's new ways of working. So many workforces now working from home. So what are you seeing as the pandemic's impact on downtown office space?
1: Um, Michelle, you are very right To uh, The pandemic will make uh, some impact and I will look at it in terms of short-term and more lasting impact on office sector. What people are going to reassess the, uh, office owners are, because today we are talking about remote working and safe distancing measures means occupiers will need to reassess space needs depending on changes to their workflow and processes. And also some will also look at, decentralizing, because we are talking about part of business continuity plan, you have a team A and a team B. So do you need everybody to be in a central business district or do we want to reduce costs and shift another group of people to a lower cost uh, kind of space? So having said all, I think there will be a relook at the demand as far as office space in terms of the long term. Uh, People will re-strategize. But having said that, the only advantage I think as far as the central business district is the big MNCs, banks and those people are multinational, still want to operate from prestigious downtown addresses because uh, Singapore being uh, a global uh, positioning in terms of office. And uh, we will see uh, some uh, demand as well. But overall, it, the paradigm will change.
0: And what is your outlook for data centers as well? You know, given the work from home, uh, all that reliance on cloud computing, I understand Singapore is the world's third most competitive data-centric market. What's your outlook for data centers here?
1: But I think I'm quite positive about the data center moving forward. uh, And I think it will benefit from the strong demand for network services to support the digital transformation. In fact, now today, from a retail space to a simple bubble tea to everything is all about uh, how we can digitalize the entire chain. Mm. And therefore, I think companies going digital, greater demand for cloud services, uh, video conferencing platforms and all other things. And also the fact that uh, the rolling out of the 5G uh, uh, Smart Nations Initiative The Internet of Things will also boost prospect of data centers. I think generally I would just say uh, the data centers um, will be still positively in a strong position as the digital economy will likely to attract more tech and innovation firms and startups, fintech. uh, And this bond very well for the data center industry.
0: Always great to speak with you. Thank you so much for joining us.
1: Indeed, my pleasure, Michelle. Have an amazing week. You.
0: you too. He's Ismail Gaffoor, CEO and Executive Chairman of Propnex, right here on Money and Me. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download the SPH Radio app available on Google Play or the App Store.